This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit podcast. It seems like we started this podcast not that long ago, and here we are on episode 22. Today we continue the conversation with Dr. Deb Gordon, the author of the book Embracing Uncomfortable, Facing Your Fears While Pursuing Your Purpose. Initially, the idea of embracing the uncomfortable did not seem appealing to me. I associated with giving something up or even pain. However, in the episode 20, uh, Dr. Deb and I talked about the fact that If someone is willing to embrace this idea, the reward is far greater than the pain. Facing our fears leads us to discovery of our authentic selves and also our core values. And Dr. Deb shared some very practical ways to achieve these goals. So if you missed episode 20, I encourage you to listen to it. In today's episode, we will discuss how the pattern of embracing uncomfortable leads us to the ultimate goal, life of purpose. There is nothing more tragic, I think, than a life that ends on this earth without actually discovering that purpose and fulfilling that purpose. Yeah. And this is a a question I get a lot. Um, You know, how do I figure out what my purpose is? How do I know what God's purpose is for my life? And I think we've gotten this idea of purpose mixed up a little bit in how the world typically defines purpose. You know, if you Google purpose, it comes up with thousands, if not tens of thousands of hits on um, occupational endeavors. People seem to equate purpose with what they do for a living. And I make the argument in my book that you really need to create or understand um, your purpose in light of the larger understanding of why God placed you on this earth. And one of the stories that I share about is I live in the city of Chicago. Um, I walk a lot, but I also take public transportation sometime. And several years ago, I got on the bus and this bus driver just kind of blew me away. She was incredibly warm and inviting to every passenger that got on her bus. And, you know, it's pretty stressful driving a bus in the city of Chicago. So normally bus drivers are are, are either at best kind of keep to themselves or at worst are, are quite grumpy and, and rough to their passengers. And this woman was completely different. You know, welcome aboard my bus. I'm so glad you're here. Enjoy the ride. Take the time to look at the city. Say hi to your neighbor. Wish them a wonderful day. And I couldn't help myself. I worked my way up to the front of the bus and I asked her, you know, what about you is different? What, why are you reacting this way to your passengers? And she just said, point blank, I'm just living out my purpose. Um, and I was just, I was amazed because I got the sense that no matter where I encountered this woman, if I ran into her at the grocery store or the bank or a restaurant, she'd be the same way. And so to me, it was just this inspiration of Deb, it doesn't matter if you're seeing clients, if you are picking up food to go at your favorite restaurant, if you're crossing the street uh, in the middle of the city, God has called you to reflect His glory it, with each and every person that you interact with in every situation and circumstance. And so 
my purpose transcends any situation or relationship that I'm involved in. Um, and that for me was so critical because it then didn't limit me to thinking I was only living my purpose in certain places or certain circumstances. That is a wonderful, wonderful point. And in your book, um, I, I just have to quote it because it was uh, very eye-opening. You say only 8% of the general population actually takes steps to meet the goals they set for themselves. And this this is uh, kind of mind-boggling. Uh, so only 8% of the population is pursuing their purpose. Would that be a correct estimation I think, then? Yeah, I think we could probably make at least a loose connection to that. You know, I mentioned um, earlier values. A lot of a lot of people don't necessarily stop to think about their values. And we all would say we have values, but what those actually are, we don't define. And, and the same is true of purpose. Um, what exactly is our unique purpose? And I believe every person has a unique purpose. Um and so defining it is one step in the process. We have to know what we're going after and what direction we're moving in. But absolutely, the next step then in achieving the goals that align with our purpose, that's where people really get stuck. Um, but, you know, I have to wonder if we don't know where the destination is, are we actually going to start traveling? So perhaps defining the purpose to begin with is a, is a motivational start to then moving towards the choices and actions that align with that. This is, this is a wonderful point. Um, also, you talk about, uh, in the book, you talk about examining your habits versus your core values in helping you, um, you know, to, to be on that path towards the light, life of purpose. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, you know, I, I, certainly the book is influenced by my understanding of human behavior as a clinical psychologist, and I'm really fascinated with how our brains work. And, you know, our brains are reinforced with habitual thinking. Um, without getting into too much detail, we have a dopamine response. Dopamine is the pleasure hormone. And um, there are a lot of things that get reinforced by the way our brain reacts to our decisions and the pleasure that we feel internally from that. So I think it's really important for us to, to understand that because I, I think a lot of people end up giving up in making changes in their life because they don't see change happen fast enough. And if we can go into uh, this practice with at least a realistic understanding of what it's going to take to experience change, hopefully we can develop the patience muscles to actually endure the time it takes to start to see our lives move in that new direction. Um, I think that's really critical. So um, let's talk about the expectations and how they influence us. Um, what, how do expectations, both others and our own, affect what we think and we think we value? So when we only consider others' expectations or our own expectations of ourselves, you know, I think it lends to this pattern of perhaps justifying why we do certain things that we do. And I never want to minimize people's experiences in the world. I know that there are people that come from incredibly traumatic situations and backgrounds. We have people, I mean, you know, now as an as 
a great example, if there ever was one, unfortunately, you know, where people are living um, in a society that devalues who they are as a human being simply because of the color of their skin. And so there's a lot of circumstances in our world that um, have kind of forced people to even feel like they have to justify their very existence based on the expectations and the false identities that others have placed on them. Um, and so there's a process of grieving that goes into the practice of embracing uncomfortable. You know, I think we've kind of lost the art of lamenting as a spiritual discipline. And so I do think it takes time for us to consider and to validate the emotions that come into this. But then, you know, um, in that process of validation, then stepping into the authenticity of who we are, um, and and I believe, and as I know you believe, is solely rooted in being created in God's image, once we can really embrace that core identity, uh, we no longer have to justify our existence. God has done that for us. And so when other people push against us, we can kind of hold up our hands and say, you know what? Okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not validating or I'm not agreeing with uh, the way other people behave, but we no longer have to justify our existence because God has done that for us. And I believe that there are those of us who then step into the spaces and, you know, create an environment where others are able to embrace who they fully are because we're advocating for them. We're stepping into those spaces and also saying, Hey, Everyone is created in God's image. I'm advocating for everyone to be treated in that manner. And this is a great point because I think that if we discover our true identity first and foremost of who we are, what our core values are, then we can discover the purpose for which God created us. It is impossible to discover the purpose unless you know who you are in God's eyes, whom God created you to be. And you're very correct. In that way, we can help others in that direction too. And so once we know who we are, then we can seek that that purpose for which we are created. And so what would be some of the steps um, to pursue that life of purpose? Yeah. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, community is really critical. I find it just absolutely a non-negotiable in my own life to have a core group of, you know, diverse voices speaking into um, the decisions that I make and the way in which I interpret my circumstances and situations. You know, I go to God first and foremost, but then I use this community um, to really bounce ideas off of. And I know not everybody has that community. And it was important for me recognizing how much that meant to me to try to come alongside some of my readers and create that community. So, you know, embracinguncomfortable.com, the goal of this online space, this virtual space is to be a place where people um, feel welcomed and, and, and have the opportunity to share their story and uh, reach out to others. I think that uh, that accountability that comes with that too is really critical. Um, I think too, maybe, you know, sometimes I, I'll tell people, if you don't know what the answer is, let's figure out what the answer isn't. 
So if you have a hard time really discerning what your purpose is, step back and look at how you've maybe considered it up to this point. Is it limited to a certain circumstance or a certain relationship? You know, Do you unconsciously think, oh, my purpose can only be fulfilled if I'm fill in the blank, if I'm married, if I have this position at work, if I have kids, if I live in this location or make this amount of money? If your purpose is limited by any specific factors, it's probably not the core purpose of who God created you to be. It could be a goal, could be something that you're striving for. But again, if it's limiting your purpose, it's probably not your true purpose. Very interesting. And um, so it all, um, again, I think sums up um, into us being bold and willing to step out of the comfort zone and be willing to take steps that are maybe scary at first, (laughs) Um, but just trusting God that at the end of it, we can discover something much greater than what we can lose. So we mentioned in the beginning that um, this is um, a personal journey for you that you documented in your book. So what were some of the lessons that you learned in this journey? You know, for me, I learned that humility and listening are probably some of the most important traits we can have as human beings. Um, and it's it's difficult to actually engage in those qualities and those actions without a willingness to be uncomfortable. Because again, it comes back to justification. If our identity is based on anything related to other people, There will be a time where we feel like we have to justify our very existence or our worth as human beings. Um, But when I can launch from a place where I say my identity starts and stops with being made in the image of God, then nothing else can take away from that. So I can then humble myself in relationship to others and really learn and listen and then validate the experiences of the people around me, which is so critical to community health and well-being. Um, I think the other really practical thing that I learned is I I tried to do a very tangible exercise of embracing uncomfortable so I could see what it actually felt like. And I spent a year walking to and from work. Um, It's about two miles from me. And again, I live in the city of Chicago. So in the middle of winter, it was not a fun, pleasant task. And my alarm would go off and it would be cold and it would be dark. And my bed was so warm and inviting. But I had this momentary, you know, internal angst. I could choose to give up on the task for today. And really, is it that big of a deal? One time out of 365 is not a very high percentage. Um, It certainly felt more comfortable to be where I was at. But as I thought about losing my commitment, gradually I'd get motivated to get out of bed. Now, I didn't like it. At no point in that particular part of this exercise did I find it enjoyable to step outside in zero degree weather and walk two miles to work. That's the uncomfortable piece. I lost sleep. I lost warmth. I lost comfort. But at the end of that year, when I looked back on my commitment, the gratification and the, and the healthy sense of pride in my accomplishment that I felt was such a greater reward than those momentary losses of getting up early in the morning. And I think just that as an analogy can apply to so many areas of our life. 
I completely agree with you. And I think it's important in our daily life. It's important in our spiritual walk with God. Um, it's important to that race that the Apostle Paul said, the only one runs as to win the prize. And I think this embracing the uncomfortable is the essential element of winning the prize in the end. Yeah, that's a great, great example. And um, so, so true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Deb. Um, we will post a link to where our listeners can purchase your book, but do you want to just say um, on the air then where if they were to purchase your book, Embracing the Uncomfortable Work, could they do that? Absolutely. So you can purchase the book through any major um, booksellers, Amazon. Um, it's a Moody Publisher book, so you can get it through Moody Publishers, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble. And you can also find all that information and a whole lot more resources on embracinguncomfortable.com. Thank you so much, and I wish you all the best in your work, and uh, it was great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I believe this is a very timely conversation. Since the entire world has been thrown out of the comfort zone, one of my favorite quotes in this conversation by Dr. Deb was, my purpose transcends situations and relationships I'm in. It is so true that the purpose of our life should not be connected with anything or anyone outside of what God intended it to be. Also, I um, like the moment when she said that we mustn't confuse our purpose with our goals. Sometimes there is a very blurry line between the two. I look forward to diving deeper into Dr. Deb's book. And if you would like to do the same, you can just click on the link in the show notes and buy it. Really, you can't put a price on something as important as discovering your life's purpose or conquering your fears. I'm excited about the next episode where I'm talking uh, with the one of the top experts on the subject of marriage, Dr. Gary Chapman. In this conversation, we will discuss how COVID-19 pandemic created some pitfalls and also some opportunities for marriages and relationships. It is an exciting conversation. It is important. I don't think you'd want to miss it. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? Visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next episode of Limitless Spirit.